If you have your Bibles, you can open with me to Matthew chapter 1, and we'll be in chapter 1 and chapter 2 of the book of Matthew as we have continued looking at this Christmas story and this Christmas season. Last week we looked at the looked at Mary and looked at her incredible response to the angel Gabriel to say simply, Lord, whatever you would have for me, whatever, whatever comes my way, be it done to me according to your word and your will. I am your servant. And so this morning, I want us to look at Joseph, obedient Joseph. In all of scripture, we don't get much about Joseph. We get these few passages in Matthew and Luke and we get a little anecdote here as they lose Jesus, uh, as he, they're on their way to the temple. Um, you see that he's nervous about where Jesus is, but we don't get much about Joseph. But what we get about him in these specific three passages that we're going to talk about is extremely impactful and very helpful to the kind of man that Joseph was. I think we give Mary a lot of credit and we sing a lot of songs about Mary as we should. Not anything wrong with that. But Joseph has a big role to play in this. And Joseph has an incredible response that I think we can learn greatly from in these three opportunities that he's given. So let's dive in. Let, let's see. We understand that, that David comes, or excuse me, Joseph comes from the royal line of David, as you see in his genealogy, uh, preceding Matthew 1, 18. And that is where we'll pick up Matthew 1, starting in verse 18, looking at these three passages in Matthew 1, 18 through 25, Matthew 2, 13 through 15, and Matthew 2, 19 through 23. Let's pray and then let's dive in. Lord, would you guide our steps here? We want your word to be a lamp into our feet and a light into our pathway. We don't want to receive more information about Joseph. We don't receive more information about your word and leave unchanged by it. We want your word always to affect us. So Lord, to do that, we open our hearts wide. We submit ourselves to the authority of your word. So as we walk out of this place, Lord, would you change us through your word? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's look at Matthew 1, 18 through 21. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save the people, save his people from their sins. Verse 24, when Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took his wife. But he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So let's first look at Joseph's quiet obedience. You see right here in this first passage that Joseph, being a just man, hears this information, whether he hears it from Mary or whether he sees Mary's pregnancy and recognizing that, recognizes that something is going on which he was not a part of. And so Joseph, being the quiet, compassionate, man that he is, begins to consider in his heart that maybe divorce would be the, the wisest course of action. Begins to think, you know, I, I don't think that uh, Mary has done something here that is not uh, 
good, obviously, and so I think it would be best not to put her to open shame, right? So he's considering what, what is his next step. This, this woman that he loves is about to give birth to a baby that is not his, and so instead of bringing her in front of the, the Jewish uh, law and saying that she should be stoned, or instead of bringing her in front of everybody and saying, this woman who I'm betrothed to is great with child, don't you see that this is not mine? Y'all need to do something about this. Ostracize her, send her away. Instead, Joseph quietly begins to ponder in his heart what the best thing for Mary and for the future would be. We can also recognize in this that Joseph is obviously not a hot-headed man. Joseph doesn't see what's happening with Mary. He doesn't storm off. He doesn't get all angry. He doesn't begin to throw things and begin to get yelling and angry and mad and frustrated. You, you see, he comes back and quietly begin to think and consider what he should do. Joseph was a just man, deeply loved Mary. I believe he's walking through many of the same things that Mary did, right? If he was to take Mary to be his wife, what would that mean? What would that look like in the midst of society, in the midst of his friendships, in the midst of his family? What would it mean? What would it look like for him to walk with this woman who has given birth to a child that is not his? As we talked about last week, sometimes you look at it and say, oh, Mary, that's so good. Pat him on the back. They had a baby, Joseph. That was so great that he decided to stay with Mary. But oh, get the ramifications of Joseph deciding to stay with Mary. It's not a simple, good job, buddy, you did it. it this is a deep question that Joseph is left with. So you can see, even as he is pondering these things in his heart, even as he's beginning to question, what should he do? What is the, the wise course of action to, to stay with Mary, to let her go? In, an, in a dream, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and says, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. In the preceding passages, we've seen the angel come to Mary and say, don't fear, right? That this is great news that I'm bringing to you. The shepherds, the angels say, do not fear, Right? And here again, the angels come to Joseph, but they don't say, don't fear, right? I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to hurt you. They say, do not fear. And what, what is he not to fear? Do not fear to take Mary as your wife. So the angel recognizes all that's happening in Joseph's heart to say, Joseph, don't be afraid of me. I know your fear is not me in this moment. I know your fear is to take Mary as your wife. So Joseph, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. And he begins to give this great proclamation. For what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit and she will bear a son and his name will be called, you will call his name Jesus for he will save the people from their sins. Joseph takes all of this in in these moments. And you know what his next step when he wakes up from this dream is? And get this, because over and over in these three passages, you're going to see Joseph respond in the same way. Hearing this news, understanding all that this would mean, understanding all that it would entail in the best way that he possibly could, Joseph wakes up from his sleep, and what does he do? You see it in your text, don't you? And Joseph woke from his sleep. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Joseph did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. He knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he also called his name Jesus. Two for two so far, Joseph. Right, in the midst of trying to figure out, is he going to divorce this woman that he loves? Is he going to send her away quietly? He decides, yes, from the angel's proclamation that he would, without fear, marry this woman. And that he would call this boy Jesus. Jesus. 
So let's move on to this next one to see this recurring pattern of Joseph's faithfulness in Matthew 2, 13 through 15. Now, when they had departed, which would be the wise men, when they have departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and says to him, rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Verse 14, and Joseph rose. And he took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Now look again. In the midst of this fear that Joseph would have, in the midst of all that was happening in the world, this angel would come to Joseph and say, rise, Joseph, and take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. And what do you see again in Joseph. What, how do you see him respond to this angel's proclamation? Joseph rose. He took the child by night, and he went to Egypt. Joseph didn't wait. He didn't tally. He didn't tarry. He got up right then in the middle of the night. He grabbed his child. He grabbed Mary, and they went. They went to Egypt. They went to a faraway place, and they left everything behind to go to Egypt as the Lord had commanded them. So what you've seen so far in Joseph is two for, three for three. He named his child Jesus. He left and went immediately. He took Mary to be his wife. And he gets up immediately in the night and goes to Egypt. So far, we're building the case for Joseph being an incredibly obedient man to the word of God. But look at also in what we see in the subtext of this passage. Look how beautiful and stunningly wonderful the sovereignty of God is in the midst of this. And in the midst of Joseph taking Mary, giving birth in an inn, worried that Herod would destroy the children, God comes to Joseph and says, flee to Egypt. And you got to think if you're Joseph, what, what is this like? I want to just stop for a moment in the sovereignty here because this is too good for us not to pick up on. If you're Joseph, you've, you've just heard this incredible proclamation that this baby that's going to be born to you is going to be the savior of the world, who's going to save the people of all of their sins. You leave on a flight to give birth in Bethlehem. You arrive thinking that this is the savior of the world. Surely there's going to be a place for you. And you find out that there's no room anywhere to have this son who's the savior of the world. Do you think for a moment Joseph may have thought, hold on a second. This angel came and told me that I'm going to give birth or Mary's going to give birth to the savior of the world. This, this baby has been conceived in incredible, miraculous ways. Now, God, you don't think that you could have found a place for this baby to be born? This doesn't seem fair. This doesn't seem right. Correct? I mean, I've got a pregnant woman on a donkey walking all the way to Bethlehem. There's one hit, if there was ever one hit to be given. And then you get there, you arrive with your pregnant wife about to give birth, and you can't find a place for the baby to be born. Much less you can't find a place to put the baby. You've got to put it in a manger. Do you think there's anything going through Joseph's head to say, this doesn't seem fair? This doesn't seem right? But you see, the sovereignty of God continue to play out that as they're giving birth and as all this takes place, that they're... This baby's born, and then all of a sudden, they have to flee to Egypt. Do you think Joseph at any point is saying, Egypt? Why are we going to go to Egypt? What's this all about? God, why are you sending us to Egypt? We just... But here, in the goodness and sovereignty of God, to take care of Mary and Joseph, that there's, there's a king that's out to kill this baby. 
And it's not that God is sitting up in heaven saying, oh no, Herod's gonna kill the babies. What are we gonna do? Where are we gonna send them? Where can we go? Anybody, do we know where we can send this baby, this mom and this dad? Where can we send them? But you can see generations and generations and generations before. There have been prophecy that have been telling us that this Savior would be born and he would come out of Egypt. I called my son. You see the beauty of God. That when we come to these situations, the Lord led Mary and Joseph beautifully to protect them, to lead them and guide them. Yes, it was not perfect. Yes, it was not seamless. Yes, there was problems. Yes, there was no room in the end. Yes, there was a flight to Egypt, but the Lord guided and protected them so perfectly in the midst of it. All Joseph had to do was simply be obedient in the midst of it. And sometimes I come to my problems, I come to my circumstance and say, God, I finally got one that's too big for you. Or God, this is a big problem. I don't know how we can handle this one. God, this is a, a massive issue. I don't know what to do. And I think at times, God, can you scramble the fighter jets of heaven to come down and take care of this? But that's not how God operates. He's not blindsided by our problems. He's not thrown off guard when Herod decides to kill all the babies. He's got a plan from generations and generations and generations before. Out of the mouth of the prophet that out of Egypt I called my son. You see the beauty in that. And yes, there's tension in the midst of it to understand God's sovereignty in the midst of man's responsibility. Yes, I get that there is much tension to be had. But there is also a reminder that God is our good shepherd that leads and guides us so beautifully and so wonderfully all right there in the midst of it. All Joseph had to do was simply be obedient to the Lord's calling. Let's go to Matthew 2, just a few passages later, Matthew 2, 19 through 23, and let's see the culmination of Joseph's responsibility and his obedience. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And what did Joseph do? 21, what did he do? He rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. Obedient. When he had heard that this king was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth. Again, so what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled and he would be called a Nazarene. What do I take away from Joseph's story? I take away that at every moment, Joseph took the next right step of obedience. And this has been the theme of 2021 for me personally, that I would take the next right step of obedience in my life. At times, I don't know what the next thing down the road is, but I can simply take the next right step of obedience that the Lord puts along my pathway. Whether it's a detour, whether it's an opportunity, whether it's a person, whether it's a circumstance, Lord, would you help me to take the next right step of obedience in my life? Friends, I believe personally, as a family, as a faith family, if we will covenant to take the next right step of obedience as the Lord leads us and guides us to them, I believe that we will always be led and guided to the right places if we are obedient daily. To say, Lord, today, today, Lord, I don't know what you're gonna bring me. I don't know the opportunities that are coming my way, but Lord, I want to be obedient in the next right step that's in front of me. You also see that Joseph trusted without the full plan ahead of him. Can you imagine if this angel came to Joseph? 
This angel came to Joseph instead of saying, Joseph, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. Can you imagine if this angel would have come to Joseph and said, Joseph, I want you to take this woman, Mary, to be your wife. And I want you to know that you're going to travel on a donkey with this pregnant woman all the way to Bethlehem. You're going to show up in Bethlehem and there's not going to be a place for this baby to be born. You're going to end up having this baby in the midst of a trough. That's not it though. Because guess what, Joseph? There's going to be a king that's out to kill your baby. There's going to be a king who's looking to kill your specific child. And he's going to be gunning for you. Now, Joseph, after this baby is attempted to be killed and murdered, I'm going to send you to Egypt. And then after you're in Egypt for a little while, I'm going to send you over to Nazareth. How would that news be to you, to Joseph? Do you think in a moment that Joseph would say, man, I don't know. That's a lot. There's going to be a king, a ruler who's out to kill my baby? You think I can handle that? You think Joseph's up for the challenge to hear all that? But what does the angel say? Do not fear to take Mary to be your spouse. God, knowing all that Joseph would face and all that he would entail, simply asked Joseph to be obedient. And Joseph trusted without the full plan ahead. This is why as a faith family, we have memorized 2 Timothy 1.7. God has given us not a spirit of Lord, have mercy on our church. God has given us not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. That's why as we enter into January, our first memory verse is Joshua 1.9. What is it? It's do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you everywhere you go. The same thing seems to be true of Joseph. Joseph, do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. As you're traveling to Bethlehem, Joseph, the Lord your God is with you. As the king is out to kill you, Lord, Joseph, Lord is with you. As you fly to Egypt, Lord your God is with you. Wherever you go, do not be afraid. As you go to Nazareth, Joseph, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so as we enter into a new year, our calling is to be obedient to whatever the Lord brings us to, knowing that we do not be frightened, we do not be dismayed because the Lord is with us wherever we go, which takes us back again and again and again and again to Psalm 23, that he is our good shepherd, that he would lead us beside still waters, that he would take us to green pastures, but he would also at times lead us through the valley of the shadow of death, but we would fear no evil because he is with us. So Joseph had no fear. Joseph trusted. And Joseph did not delay in his obedience. So Joseph took the next right step of obedience. Joseph trusted without the full plan ahead. And Joseph did not delay in his obedience. You see in Matthew 2, 13 through 15, that when Joseph awoken from this dream, in the middle of the night, he took this child and his mom and he went to it. Joseph didn't delay in taking Mary to be his spouse. Joseph didn't delay in going to Nazareth. Joseph obeyed. And you've always heard the adage that delayed obedience is disobedience. Maybe today you are here and from Joseph you simply need to hear this man who obeyed the Lord when the time came. It may be in your heart of hearts you are waiting until something until you begin to obey. Maybe you're waiting in your heart to overcome the sins in your life. Maybe you're addicted to different things and you're saying, Lord, when I get to this different phase, when I get to this different thing, then I'll start trusting in you. Maybe just by show of physical where we are, maybe you're saying, hey, when we get back in the church, when we get back into the normal church routine, then I'll start investing in the church. You're saying, when we get over this hump, we're finally gonna start living as husband and wife the way that we should. 
Maybe when our kids get a little older, then I'll start pouring the Bible and praying with them and loving on them. Maybe you're just waiting until that next thing in your life until you start living the way the Lord has called you to live. Friends, today, today with the things the Lord brings you to, the opportunities that you have, live in light of Joseph to say, Lord, I'm going to obey today in the way the Lord gives me, which would bring us to Mary and Joseph. As we ended last week, we looked at Mary and her willing, willingful submission to simply say, Lord, I am your servant. Be it done to me according to your will and your word. And so today as we leave with Joseph's heart to simply obey the Lord, we're left with Mary and Joseph simply laying down their hearts for the Lord and saying, Lord, I am yours. Use me in any way that you would have me. Our calling is simply to be obedient. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to come to your word. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't simply listen to your word and deceive ourselves, that we would do as is written. Thank you for your servant, Joseph, whose name is not written all throughout the pages of scripture we see in his life, a man who is obedient to your calling and your authority. As the angel spoke with your authority, Joseph listened and he obeyed. So Lord, with the authority of your word, I pray that we would listen and obey. For those who are hurting and grieving today, Lord, I pray that they would find comfort in you. To those who need peace, Lord, I find that you would be their prince of peace and they would, they would willingly submit to your calling. To those who just simply need guidance and direction, Lord, I pray your wisdom be upon them. We love you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.